The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello and welcome to Rose Ed and it's been another tumultuous week in football as Liverpool closed the gap with Manchester City to just one point. Harry Kane edges closer to the top of the all-time Premier League scorers list and Cristiano Ronaldo is left more disappointed than Roman Abramovich trying to withdraw a tenner from Nat West in Chelsea. Welcome to <laughs> Rose Ed, yeah, topical, topical, that's good stuff. Topical every week. That's the first time Hannah's laughed at one of the intros, I think. Um, <laughs> Me, Joe Forrester here um, with Hannah East, of course, and no producer Mike this week. Um, he is back at the uh, spring edition of the Naked Beard Enthusiasts convention. Uh, so we'll hear how that went last week, next week. <laughs> we've got a special guest with us, Simon Harkness. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You've uh, bigged me up there with special guest. I'm just a guest. So, Simon, how, how are you, mate? It's lovely to have you on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you. I'm, honestly, I'm really, really excited and delighted to be on this because this podcast is just mental. Um, it's got everything you. It's got everything you need. It's just funny football, silly chat. So I'm very, Shit. very happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Simon, so we haven't met before, but I am super excited to like tell the listeners what your job is because you interview like big time celebrities, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So I work for It's Gone Viral, which is a social media company. Um, you may have heard of us. We're we're a bit like a smaller lab bible. Um, so we've got like a huge amount of followers. Um, and I yeah head up their film and TV um, content and look after the YouTube and um, yeah running various TikTok pages and stuff like that. So yeah, get to do a lot of interviews with a lot of a lot of fun and like quite good looking people really like movie stars though not just like good looking people like movie stars give me a yeah movie stars your top 10 people you've interviewed top 10 oh, that's so many come on <laughs> i've seen i've seen some some clips of like amazing people i don't you know i've only interviewed name. about 11 people <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we have time to do 10 <laughs> okay just do, just do your top three then uh top three uh Oh, it changes. It changes every week. Well, before we say, started the podcast, you said somebody very specifically you think about every night before you go to bed. So that would be Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would say top three. There is uh, Margot Robbie. She's just really, really nice, polite, and friendly. And fit. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm just terrified my girlfriend's going to listen. Yeah, I can tell he's thinking. Uh, yeah. thinking <laughs> <laughs> I'm just backing away slowly, aren't I? Um, so Margot Robbie, she's in the top three. Um, uh, I would say uh, Daniel Radcliffe. And also my top is probably just a bit of a rogue one. But do you know Leslie Mann? I know Leslie. the na- oh, it's, it's a, I was going to say, <laughs> this is so offensive. I was going to say, it's a woman. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> Leslie Mann. <laughs> Have you, you've seen Knocked Up, right? Of course. Yeah. So you know the the um, sister of the girl. Oh, the lady with the squeaky voice. Yeah. <laughs> the lady with the squeaky voice. <laughs> yeah, and the lady who plays the best drunk version of anyone I've ever seen in 40-Year-Old Virgin, Virgin yeah. with Steve Carell in the car. I love Leslie Mann. She's my girlfriend's girl crush and interviewed her and she is just like, she's absolutely nuts, but also really, really lovely. So yeah, I'd say those are the top three. Probably probably Daniel Radcliffe just sort of edges it. But I also appreciate that Leslie Mann is a bit of a letdown to anyone who doesn't know who she is. So I'm also going to say Seth Rogen. He's also lovely. And do you get their mobile numbers? Can you WhatsApp them after you've interviewed? <laughs> or is it not like that? You just interview, then they go... It's very much a conveyor belt. Uh, it's a conveyor belt of... Uh, Simon just has sex with them and moves on. <laughs> <laughs> that is it, yeah. Just call it a day, really. Um, yeah, lovely five minutes with them and then just, yeah, hop on off. Yeah. Five minutes. It's a, timings. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where like they, they speak to probably about, I don't know, maybe, Joe, would you say about 40 different press people a day? So it's Are you like, kidding? It's like literally a conveyor belt of just nervous, built-up, like really energetic journalists that they have to speak to. Um, and is so... it like football? Because when we interview footballers, it's like you have to wait, and they they'll be doing other interviews throughout the day. But and they might be like, oh, mm. they'll come here at two o'clock. So you sat there, you get there at eight a.m. and then they don't come to you till like seven eight o'clock at night, and you've got a ten <laughs> yeah. minute window, and you're like, yeah, oh, right. Well, what that, happens is basically you get sent to a posh hotel in London, and mm. they like rent a floor. And you walk down the corridor in the hotel and, the, and there's generally like a, a poster or a billboard for the film in the corridor, like, like for some reason. And then you go and sit in like a little holding pen with lots of other journalists. Um, when no one talks to each other. Yeah, some really? people are like checking their notes and like if you're like I used to be, which is why I wasn't a very good showbiz journalist, just staring out the window, <laughs> like aimlessly, <laughs> like having just not done any research. And then you get taken in like, to a little seat outside a room. It's a bit weird. It's a bit like you're waiting, like, mm. it's a bit like you're awaiting trial or something. But you've done, or it's a bit like, you know, at school where you've got to wait outside like the teacher, like the headmaster's office or something. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Yourself. Yeah, and like, and then you get yeah. brought in, and then it'd be Daniel Radcliffe or Dwayne Johnson or something. Like, it's it's really odd. And also, Simon, the yeah. bit I used to hate because I feel really awkward. It's like there's a two seats facing each other, one camera on one, one camera on the other. And generally, the way the frame works, the way it's shot is over your shoulder for each of you will be a, a billboard or a poster, so that when people watch the video, they go, "Oh, this is for Jumanji." And but there's you have to get in over all the wires and pass the lights to your seat. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, sorry, sorry. It's like tripping over wires and like bumping into the cameraman and stuff. Like, it's all a bit awkward, isn't it? It is a bit awkward. And there's like, there's always a boom. Basically, if you stand up uh, like and get out of your seat, there's an 80% chance you're going to hit your head on the boom. Um, and it is, it is a bit awkward. That's the perfect way to describe it. Like, you do feel like you're about to go on trial and the person who's making your judgment is Dwayne Johnson who luckily is really nice but we had um I went to interview Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz a couple of weeks ago and it was it was really 
weird because like normally it's in a hotel as joe said but this was in front of the um in front of the batmobile so it was a different setup so instead of the conveyor belt it was much more like okay we need to actually mic you up and we need you to like properly get in frame so you had a bit more time with them mm. so they introduced you and we're like um zoe this is simon hi zoe i'm simon robert this is simon and i was just like hey man <laughs> and i was like Sorry, that's way too casual. Hi, Robert Pattinson. I'm Simon. It's lovely to meet you. It's like, nice to meet you, man. And we just carried on vaping. What, what? But I was just like, what gave me the fright? Like, hey, man. Does he yeah, vape? He does. He does. What? And he was also drinking prep coffee, which, like, this guy's worth an awful lot of money. I was a little bit disappointed with his coffee choice. Prep's well, fine. Is Pret not top of the league? Would you not? Not, what's better not when you're like, Pret? I think Nero's I, I would. Starbucks for me, surely. Starbucks is the most strong. expensive and they don't pay their tax bill. So that's just all profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's and got the money. It doesn't matter. But Starbucks is a bit strong. I think it's a good choice for a prep. But also what you've done there, Simon, is you've assumed that Robert Pattinson has nipped out and gone, oh, I'd want to go Starbucks on a bit skin. <laughs> Desperate <laughs> for a piss. I might say, like, is the dogs opening, Brett? Um, yeah, I don't know if yeah, it's that is get a fizzy water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Right, who's who's the biggest you've interviewed? Oh. <laughs> Give me a top ten of the nicest. And Joe's like, who's your biggest? Who, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is oh, it? Yes, this is a this is a, a tough one. Um, Don't say Jim Carrey. I've never met Jim Carrey, and I'd oh, love to meet him because he just sounds. He's just like I've know somebody's met him, and like they ended up hugging like mid interview. Oh, apparently he's just great. Imagine um, if it's someone like really surprising. If you're like the Dalai Lama, is a <laughs> <laughs> what? His holiness. <laughs> right. Well, what I will say is because I've got to be a little bit careful about how I answer this. What I will say is that we did something with Ian McKellen once, and. Um, I love Lord of the Rings and I know Joe loves Lord of the Rings. And so mm. when you're meeting Ian McKellen, you're very aware that you're meeting Gandalf, despite yeah. him being one of the most acclaimed and well-respected actors, um, British actors of all time. And we were doing a concept with him. So uh, with these interviews, you can either like pitch a really fun game that needs to get approved or it's just a standard Q&A. Um, we tend to go for a game first and the games only really work when people... A, are up for it, and B, know what the they're doing. And so with him, McKellen, bless him, he wasn't a dick at all. Um, but it was a, it was for the movie The Big the big Liar or something like that. I can't remember what the movie was. <laughs> Memorable called. piece of work from, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> from Gandalf. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a movie which had the word liar in the title. Um, and so we got him to oh, read my. out <laughs> he was in Liar Liar. He's, he's, he's such a good actor, he's the kid in Liar Liar and no one knows. <laughs> I was thinking he was the girl with the boobs in the in the elevator. I was love that she got... she's, she's a bit of a legend, that woman, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. she, she awoke many, <laughs> many childhood fantasies, well, I imagine. The thing that awoke my childhood fantasy, I, I remember this, I was reminiscing about this the other day, I remember watching Mission Impossible 2. And um, there's a bit where Thandie Newton is seducing Do Grace Scott. And like, there's a really like close up sk- scene of them like French kissing. That's with tongues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I just remember being like, 
transfixed and just like watching it and rewinding it again and again. So I had it on video. I'm, I'm having this really weird out of body experience because I've got two sons and I can just see like these, they, this is what they're going to do as they get older, isn't it? They're yeah. Gonna, what, we're going to be watching to Emmerdale and, you know. <laughs> Maybe not Emmerdale, but. <laughs> Jack's going to kiss someone. You know, and it, it'll be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah Zach Dingle's going to kiss. Is it Mandy? <laughs> Mandy Dingle. They're going to have like a smooch and then my kids are going to be like, ooh, and emotions are going to be triggered. And they don't know what I, to do. To be honest, they're growing up in the 21st century. So they can have access to high-speed internet pornography. So I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I think the dingles are least of your worries. Yeah, they're not going to be watching Mission Impossible VHS. They're going to be watching 3D. Come on, I, I audio recorded on the VG player. Oh, come oh, on, I've, got a, I've think... got a vinyl of Dame Vera Lynn and it's very saucy. <laughs> you might feel a bit aroused when you listen to it track two. Just calm yourself. I think Sorry, for me it was... Um... It's just Simon's the most professional one. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the story. producer. Oh, sorry, mate. I, for sorry. me, I think it was Uma Thurman uh, as Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin, oh. and also there was the other one, um, the, one of uh, the Pink Power Ranger from the Power Ranger movie. Oh, oh, yeah. That's it. I don't remember what she looks like. Oh. Neither do I now, but at the time, I <laughs> doesn't she have a mask on? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what i'm into these days uh and i just uh, loads of masks um was i talking about ian mckellen we were I yes sorry, sorry, yeah. Ian McKellen, sorry. Ian McKellen's yeah. yeah so yeah we just had a we gave him a laptop and got him to read out the uh a thread a reddit thread of all the uh the, the smallest lies that have the biggest consequences and he just did not get it one bit but you know that's not him being a. Was he pissed off because he didn't get it? Was he annoyed with you as the presenter or the, <laughs> the interviewer? I, no, I think he was just utterly confused about what was going on. And oh, to be right. honest, I get it. He's a guy in his eighties. It should have just been a, a Q and A with him. But they yeah. said he's up for concepts. They did. As soon as someone says to you, as you're about to walk in, the thing with Ian is that he's not got any of the concepts right so far. So you just need to explain it really, <laughs> oh my really God. thoroughly. I was like. Okay, uh, but yeah, dear sweet Russell Tovey was also with him, and uh, he was trying his best. But McKellen was just a bit of a loose, loose cannon who didn't know what was going on. Guys, the thing with Ian is he's 150 years old. He's never seen a laptop before, and he's thicker. <laughs> so you are going to struggle to explain this to him. <laughs> Paraphrased what I just said, yeah. Um, but no, he is lovely. Right, it is a football podcast. Um, oh, Hannah, I haven't asked you how you are. Get a nice week. Uh, yeah, I've had a great week, thank you. Yeah, what yeah, have you been doing? Well, not as exciting as your week because you've been jetting off, haven't you? Like, you, you're not even going to mention that you haven't been in. Oh, God, look at you. Here we go. Joe, where have you been? What do you want to know? Just, uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, just uh, hopped over stateside. Um, Did you? <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the Big Apple, just, uh, yeah, doing doing a few deals. Just, uh, you know what I mean? Just, no, I wasn't. Joe, you're on a stag do. I was on a stag, stag do. do. Yeah. I felt so <laughs> Who goes to New York for a stag do? I know. I was just thinking that. This guy. This, this guy. guy. Yeah. What, does, yeah. what does your friend do? Is he like a like a trader? I would not have the funds to head off to New York for a stag it's, do. Well, yes. Here's the thing, right? So actually, it's very cheap to fly to New York. It's like, like honestly, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like doing like an sky scanner. But like, if you book early enough, it's like £250 to get return flights to New York, right? But the problem with New York... That's economy though, isn't it? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I normally sit next to the pilot. How much is that? <laughs> Hannah, Hannah's kids are used to. Plane, <laughs> um, Hannah's from Northallerton. She's in the hold. Clinging <laughs> 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 onto the wheels at the bottom. Um, yeah, so it's it's very cheap. But then when you get there, it's the most unbelievably expensive place in the world. So I'm now destitute financially. <laughs> spiritually physically <laughs> how so, much was a beer so it's so beer is probably like six seven dollars it's about six pounds but like what really racks up is just like every like food and stuff is really Nibs. expensive like a cup of coffee like so like a breakfast for one person will generally be at least 35 40 pounds so like 50 Jesus odd. christ what were you eating like this is just for like like i don't know if you want to get like eggs on toast and like coffee and a smoothie or whatever but did you not in your hotel make up a sandwich when you had your breakfast make up your lunch next no, wasn't on a school trip in the 90s <laughs> i was stag there in new york wanted to treat myself a bit <laughs> wait oh have you brought have you brought the petty for Lou? i don't have my spoon i don't i'm just gonna suck it out the pot. So i was working in uh, i worked once at the european games and i actually um i used to <laughs> I used to get the hairnets out of the hotel bedrooms. You know, when they give you the plastic hairnets, yeah. <laughs> I used to use them <laughs> as sandwich bags and used to make, make up my lunch and put them into the, the plastic hairnet um, shower caps that's, that's and put them in a, my bag. That's one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> that's horrible. Honestly. Oh, carry every, on, t- Joe, every time like I see Hannah, like when we get in the studio, she's always got like, There'll be like a half-eaten porridge pot or something in a... Oh, I'll have half of it, but I'll save the other half for later. It was pound fifty. I don't want to waste it. It's just the... What is it? What is it with the people of Yorkshire that makes them so thrifty? Uh, like, oh, dear. But, but no, it's good. So, yeah, so three days of basically constant drinking. Um, oh. So I felt very, very poorly. But then I did stay for a couple of days. I stayed for like another two and a half days, which was just sightseeing. So the stag do actually ended on Saturday night. So I actually don't, I might sound rough, but I don't feel rough now. Um, but i tell you what, Statue of Liberty's good. Oh. Is it? <laughs> that is a shock. Yeah. I, yeah, I know I'm not like, that's not a newsflash, <laughs> go and see it. But it's well good. In case you haven't heard of it, guys, there's this thing. Yeah. It's, it's well good, <laughs> isn't it? Because the problem is, right, and this is, I suppose, the nature of perspective, like is when you see it from Manhattan Island, it's well little because it's far away. But then when you get Don't tell up, me when you get closer up. It's bigger. It gets bigger. It's a lot bigger, oh, honestly. And it's, but, because, like, I always knew that it was a gift from France at the end of the 19th yeah. century. But what yeah, I Yeah, it's to celebrate liberation, isn't it? And, like, America being a free... Country. Oh, they love it. It's because, like, it's like, oh, we both have freedom. We have freedom in our country. Do you want this big statue? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, they had a moody statue they didn't want. But... <laughs> What I don't understand is, I've always thought, oh, it's a gift. But then how do you, like, so what do you do? Because it must be assembled in parts. What do you do? Do you sail that over to America? I never thought, practically, at the end of the 19th century, how do you get a massive statue yeah. hung across the world? Would you a not big get, ship. Like, a big ship? You do get a big ship. That's, <laughs> how I, that's how I just presumed it was transported, but I've never really thought, would it come in parts? Because it, it's like one... I, I think it was all because... May have researched this before. Um, I, I think it was all in one piece, um, but you've got to think about how heavy that thing is. Yeah. Like it would have to basically be on the Titanic. Well, no, that's 
Yeah, I was going to say, that's not good. That's not that's the one place you don't want it. It's, it's actually made out of paper mache. That's um, how they got it across. Neil just... Cannon made it on uh, Artifact. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, like, obviously, like, the beer situation out there, they don't do pints, do they? I've never been to New York. Yeah, they do. You, you, can, you can get a pint, yeah. The, right. The problem is, is like, it, it's, it's full of, like, rooftop bar type places which isn't really me but it's also full of these lovely dive bars which have got all writing on the wall and like where everybody sits at the bar and like they're called like oh mulligans and whatever and the floors are all sticky <laughs> that's a bit of me like <laughs> yeah i'm all about that yeah i don't want to be look at the skyline i want to be like look at the, look at this man passed out in the toilets so you have to step over to use the yeah. facilities that's that's me do, sort do of... you sit and drink in the toilet or do you mean what <laughs> look at this man he's just, joe's just sat there on one of the actual toilets just drinking thinks that's that's his table everybody's too noisy for me i'm gonna sit here <laughs> yeah um but it's good though it is it's, it's it's very good there but it's like it's very full-on it makes london look like a village just because it's so big and it's so noisy and it's like yeah, yeah it's it was it was good <laughs> good <laughs> so um, would you give it out of 10 new york new a, york joe forrest's cultural person. review yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think New York is an eight and a half out of ten. I think wow. Uh, I think you need more parks, guys. So if America is listening, you do need more greenery. That's the only problem you have with New York. Doesn't it have just one really big park called Central Park in the middle of the city? Yeah, but yeah. that's not very much, and that's also that's that's only like half the size of Bushy Park, which is a park in London that nobody's heard of. <laughs> It's like, it's just, it doesn't have enough trees for me. So they you want a do. bit more greenery in the city? I do. So that's my cultural review. The Statue of Liberty is good and New York should have more trees. So okay. <laughs> Let, let's send that in. Should we move on to the football? Yeah. Um, it is a football show. We've done 20 minutes and literally <laughs> haven't talked about football yet. Um, right. So normally, Simon, obviously you've heard the show before. We do an item at the top, which Hannah really likes, where we kind of talk about our favourite moment of the week. And it's called Things That Make You Go. Oh, God. It's so weird. Oh, God, yeah, that's it. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, like, we, And we have to look at Joe oh, while he does this. We, he started to do two there. features where he did this, and oh, we just completely oh, were like, we can do it once a show, and it's normally for five seconds, and I think oh, he's showing off in front of you, actually, Simon. Simon. Okay. He's saying your name. And oh. So <laughs> something, something that's made you go, mm, this week in football. Okay, can I just do it? I want to do a little remix on this, right, because Simon's here. So... Okay. I'm really scared. But Mike wouldn't let you do this, Joe. No, he and I feel like no. <laughs> like I've got no no level of authority right now. So Simon's Quick name. Quick question. Do the, yes. do the sponsors like this feature? No, nobody does. No, no. <laughs> it's just Joe. Joe likes it's it and Joe. he does it every week, even though we say we don't want to do it. I don't think any of our uh, associated brands have ever listened to the show in full, which I would say is a tremendous benefit. <laughs> to us. And because um, Joe edits the whole thing, he's like, yeah, I'll take it out. And he never does. I send a version to them, which is eight seconds long. <laughs> it's the usual <laughs> bit. Football's um, good, isn't it? Cheers. Yeah. 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 It's the next week. Um, but, right, I'm going to call this Hello, Harkness, my old friend. <laughs> you can say, <laughs> it's God. the sound of Simon. <laughs> Simon. Do you know what? I will quite often call up Joe, and I would say there's about an 80% chance of Joe answering the phone with, hello, Harkness, my old friend. It's very good. It oh. is good. I love it. But, Simon, what's made you go, oh, God, yeah, this week? <laughs> oh, um, 
I would say uh, it's it's a Newcastle. It is a Newcastle themed one. So you're a Newcastle fan. We should. Say, I haven't mentioned that. We're so yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Fan, we haven't even Which mentioned. Which is such a shock. <laughs> I'm so surprised that you're a Newcastle fan. Yeah, I don't really sound like one. Um, so what's the connection there to Newcastle? What made you support them? Uh, we just this? had <laughs> we had friends up in the northeast, like family friends up in the northeast, and uh, and it was about the same time that Shearer was banging them in, and Shay oh. Given was in the sticks, and you don't get two more iconic players than Shay Given and Alan Shearer. I think Shay Given's thought... done well to be mentioned in the same breath as Alan Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> very no, how dare you? Nice. And that's how I know you do not support Newcastle <laughs> and don't care about any other clubs out of a top six bubble. Sorry. Shay Given is a hero. <laughs> um, so that's sorry. where your love started for Newcastle then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably about six, yeah, five or six, I would say. Um, oh. But yeah, I think my th- the thing that's made me make that noise this week is... Uh, <laughs> is <laughs> There was a moment, maybe I know, I'm not going to do it. So in the in the Chelsea Newcastle game, the geopolitical derby, as some are mm. calling it, um, Kai Havertz gave Dan Byrne a bit of an elbow in the face. And the thing that made me go, ooh, was Dan Byrne's reaction uh, afterwards when he was just led on the floor. Um, Kai Havertz walked over to, I think, to apologise or to tell him to get up. And Dan Byrne just lashes out at him and sort of, he doesn't punch him, but he just sort of like, Whips his hand towards him Hi-ya! on his leg. Hiya! <laughs> and I thought, oh, Dan Byrne, I love you. Also, I only found out at the weekend, Dan Byrne has only got four fingers on one hand. What? Is that actually true? Or was that just the, did he just have a thing? Is that really true? Because it looks on the, the angle of the picture, I've seen that photo, that maybe one like, of his fingers was just like bent down. Yeah. So I I saw it and I came up on... <laughs> like that. <laughs> that, yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah, he was doing this. And I thought, he's got a lot of fingers missing. It's a bit like West um, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he got he was wearing a, a ring uh, when he was younger and he got caught on a fence and, and ripped it off. That's that's what I saw on the internet. So have you, I was gonna say, have you made that up or was his finger just bent? I I saw I saw it on Facebook uh, and uh, I haven't fact checked it, so I may that have just be, because oh, imagine your finger being ripped that off. That did happen. Mm famously but to a south american player so he was climbing over a fence or something and had a ring on and jumped off the other side and landed on the floor and left his finger behind because his finger got caught in the fence um so i think what might have happened well i will have to google dan burns fingers uh there you go (laughs) That's a niche subsection of poor health. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think what like the internet often does is it's conflated a couple of different <laughs> facts. Here's a photo of Dan Byrne with his finger bent. Here's something that really happened. Let's make it a real thing. But I'm going with yeah. that. Did you just merge your fingers together then to uh, <laughs> the irony? <laughs> Can you imagine? That's awful. Awful. Yeah. So Dan Byrne's finger... Oh, it wasn't Dan Byrne's finger. It was Dan Byrne's karate chop that made you go... Mm. Yeah, because I feel bad if he's only got four fingers in one hand. It's not going to make me go, hmm. but uh, <laughs> like him him doing a pathetic little karate chop on Kai Havertz's shin pad uh, as he walked past. I thought, I love you, Dan Byrne. He's, um, I would also hypothesise that he has been the best signing that you made in January. Yes. Obviously, if Kieran Trippier wasn't injured, it would be, it would be trips. Um, but Dan Byrne has been an astonishing signing for mm. us and for 12 13 million or something what i really liked about our business in the in january was like you got 
idiots of the sun and the mail and the mirror being like, <laughs> this is how Newcastle were going to line up after six months in charge. And it was like Mbappe, like uh, Haaland, uh, De Gea in goal. And I was Pele. like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. God. It's like, uh, no, it's not. Have you, have you seen our training ground? It's been referred to as like league one standard. If we, it, let's say we got in touch with Haaland said, come on, you know, Newcastle's the right club for you. We're not in Europe. Um, we almost got relegated for the last four seasons. Come on over. And he, we managed to convince him with 500 grand a week or something. He would take one look at the training ground and think, nope, I'm off. So it really it really made me appreciate the signings that we made in January because we bought really sensible players. The likes of Dan Byrne, who's a really good ball-playing centre-back, mm. who's got Premier League experience, who is a Geordie, Getting players like that in is exactly the sort of players we needed. And yeah, I'd agree with you. He probably has been our best signing. It would be Trippier if he if he hadn't got injured. Um, yeah, it's just, it's I've, I've loved, I've just loved our transfer business and the way we've gone about it. And also the, the run we've been on has just been astonishing, really. Yeah, like you were saying, third in the form table. It was only the defeat to Chelsea, I think, that took you out of second in the form table. Um, <clears throat> talk a bit more about Toon later. Um, Hannah, what's made you go... Mm. Oh. Well, I'm not going to bring up United Spurs jokes. I know we're going to talk about that later. Oh, not out of kindness, just because you want to save that. Yeah. Just, right, good. Just want to rub your nose in it twice. Um, but mine has to be the clash between Ronaldo and Maguire. I think I sent you it yesterday, um, where they sort of clash each other and then Maguire hits like the back of his head on Ronaldo, but then he like checks the front of his head as if he doesn't know if he's hit the front or the back of his head. And I feel like that kind of summarises... <laughs> United's defence at the moment. <laughs> so I kind of, when I saw that, it really, it made me chuckle. It's a bit like a toddler who's like pretending to be hurt to like get a sweet or something. So like yeah. hit the front of their head and be like, ow, and hold the back. And it'd be like, ah, oh, well, the mistake you've made there is it is your head, but you're holding yeah. the wrong bit. <laughs> or like my, my little boy will hit his head and go, ah, oh, my toe. And I'm like, <laughs> you definitely haven't just hurt your toe. Oh. It was a bit like that. He's <laughs> like, bless. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's very much how Maguire is that sort of footballer, isn't he? Yeah. So I would say the thing that's made me go, oh, God, yes. Yes, Simon, yes. Someone's brought their own game. Uh, <laughs> it Just three points. Would be uh, would be Harry Kane's goal against Brighton, which takes him to fifth in the all-time Premier League goal scorers chart. Um, Harry Kane's back. Harry Kane is very much back on electric form at the moment. Bit yeah. sad that not, not so many others are. Um, but yeah. yeah. Fifth in the all-time Premier League goalscorers chart. And Simon, I just want to ask you, how good overall, you know, the pantheon of the Premier of Premier League goalscorers and strikers, is Harry Kane? Because I don't think people think about him in the same breath as your Rooney's and Omri's and certainly not Alan Shearer's, but he's on his way. He scored more goals in the Premier League than Thierry Omri. Yeah, I it baffles me how people do not see or appreciate just how good Harry Kane is. Um, and there seems to have been this like rhetoric around him at the moment where you can't be a good footballer or an elite footballer or a world-class footballer if you don't win a trophy. Mm. Like, no, that's not, uh, that's not how it works. Obviously, like the best players in the world like do win trophies, but you can't like say Harry Kane isn't a world-class striker and one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen because he hasn't won a trophy like it's just utterly bizarre um but I do think he's I think he's probably the best 
it's I think he's probably the best natural finisher since Shearer, and he's greedy as well. Mm. Um, and I think that all makes for a for a very like it just makes for a perfect striker. But he's got so much more to him than just scoring goals. He's like got that he's, distribution as well. Yeah, he's a bit like a more agile Rooney. <laughs> Not hard. <laughs> I think it's just maybe maybe the the consistency with Harry Kane sometimes is you know I know a lot of people say Spursy. You're a bit spursy, yeah. meaning they might have a good game, might have a bad game, might have a good game, might have a bad game. And before you say it, I know United just seem to be having bad games consistently. Um, but, you know, people do make that remark about Spurs particularly. And Harry Kane will have a great um, a great game and maybe score a brace or a hat-trick and then have a game where it's really quiet and doesn't really impact on the performance very much at all. So I think sometimes, and, and the silverware, I think traditionally you are a good player if you have got silverware because that reflects on your performance and your teams. Where I think it's maybe a bit, uh, it, it kind of proves Harry Kane is, is actually better sometimes than people give him credit for because he yeah. hasn't won the silverware yet. The stats show how many goals he's actually scored, although his team haven't won the silverware. Let's face it, so, yeah, he's playing for a decent Premier League football team that's it yeah. like just consistently one of yeah. the better teams in the Premier League one of the top five or six teams but still yeah. consistently I mean last season obviously most goals and most assists in the Premier League I think he's scored the most goals in the Premier League three times now the fifth all-time scorer in the Premier League and yeah he just scored more goals and that's always the argument with Shearer if he'd gone to Man United he'd have scored more goals yeah but I don't think he still would wouldn't be... have won any silverware though uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he would have been as universally liked as he is now because everybody looks at Anna Shearer and goes, that's the best striker in Premier League history. And it's like, got a lot of time for him because he played for his hometown club and he yeah. made that decision. And I know yeah. Kane has obviously sullied that with his kind of flirtation with Manchester City last summer and stuff. But I, I take the point, to be fair as well, that he needs a, a player of his ability deserves trophies because yeah. he should have medals on his mantelpiece. Um, and but he, he should, and he deserves it. But I don't... Like, Jamie O'Hara, like, won a trophy. That's you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, a, what a niche reference, but also very, very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, so I, I do get your point. Um, he, he certainly deserves a trophy, um, and he should win trophies. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't subscribe to the opinion that just because you don't win a trophy, it doesn't like mm. make you any less of a world-class player. He's also clearly going to be England's top goal scorer probably within the next year. Yeah, like if all if all goes well, he doesn't pick up some injury before the World Cup or something. Um, at, at which point, I think like a Rooney will be really annoyed because it only took him like three years to beat it. Um, but I think if he. I don't think he'll get the Premier League uh, record goal scorer. It's about um, eighty to go, isn't it, to Shearer's? And that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. If he stays at Spurs, then I don't think so. If he if he does go to City, then there's probably a good chance he'll do it in the next couple of years. Um, but do you I think, think he with, will go to City? Do you think he would? Uh, I think a lot depends on if they don't win the Premier League this year. Yeah. Because basically, if they don't win Premier League this year, it's because they haven't got a striker um, mm. and. Yeah, I I don't know. What about you guys? Do you think he'll go? Well, the market's interesting, isn't it? We talked about this before, but it's like Mbappe is almost certain to go to Madrid. Um, yeah. So he's going to go to Madrid on a free. So that's that part of the market moved around. The other huge commodity 
in terms of strikers in European football is obviously Haaland. So where he goes kind of affects things because yeah. Robert Lewandowski won't leave Bayern Munich. He just he because he's thirty one now. He's arguably the best of everybody in terms of your return just as a hitman. But he's probably a bit old for people to go in for. Whereas Pet and City also City don't really need any resale value or any kind of long term value. So if they can get a player in who's just can just win matches on his own, who's not Kevin De Bruyne, which Harry Kane can do, and also can play deep and kind of distribute and do that kind of thing. I just think if you're a club that doesn't need to worry about your spend, then you can just, I mean, you, it's probably worth yeah. going all in for Harry Kane. I think you're right. If Liverpool win the league, that might swing it. And I think the issue Spurs have as well is they've had this incredible asset, I, in my opinion, the best player to ever play for the club. Mm. And they've not capitalised by building a team around him because you've been given this asset. It's like Barcelona. It's like, okay, we've got this gift from heaven Leo Messi let's build something around him to supplement that and Spurs haven't done that they were like oh well we'll just kick back and try not to spend too much because we've got such a good player and it's like no because you're kind of balancing out his talent by not spending elsewhere so I think yeah. I don't know it's just got again an error of Spurs transfer policy would you would you begrudge him if he ended up going to City I'd much rather he didn't stay in the Premier League I've always, for certainly for the last three or four years, I've always thought he'll leave. And I thought I'd be happy to watch you play at, in Barca or at Madrid or whatever, like, or Bayern or whatever it might be. Like, I wouldn't mind that. And I think it'd be kind of cool to like watch Champions League game. And it's like, oh, Karen Benzema and Harry Kane up front. That's, that's quite fun. <laughs> um, but like staying in the Premier League is just like, I don't know, it's a bit like you're kind of, a really handsome rich guy moves in next door and your girlfriend leaves you for him. So you're <laughs> pretending to be all right with it, but like then you wake up in the morning and you see it and you're like, oh, it's oh, fine. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're happy you're for you. You look well. Yeah, you look really You're happy. on your way yeah. to the bus stop and you see them <laughs> you leaving well. the flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, where are you going? It's just like, oh, I'm just, uh, just going to get in my Range Rover and go to work. What about you? I like, oh, just got to wait for the bus. Like, it's just a bit like, I don't Joe, know. I... you would hate it if he went to, when we talked about it, when there was like flirtation on Harry Kane potentially moving to City, you were like, if he moved there, like you would literally hate, hate him. It. And I totally understand. I'd hate, I think yeah. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if United went heavy for him because yeah. I think Ronaldo will leave. And yeah. United's system has always been one that favours a centre-forward of some kind. Um, Kane is a much, much more versatile player than Cristiano Ronaldo or Edison Cavani. Mm. And because of that ability to drop deep and create play, I think that really favours players like, well, we don't know if Marcus Rashford's going to be there next year, but like mm. Anthony Alanga, Jaden Sancho, because Kane is so good at releasing other players with those kind of killer through balls. Yeah. I, I think it would be Manchester United to go heavy at him. And I think it is, I think it'd be the same. I think Daniel Levy will say, well, the price is 150 million pounds and that's what it costs. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens there. Um, United three, Spurs two. I had yeah. to, um, I didn't remember any of the goals. <laughs> so, um... Well, all I'd, all I'd say is um, I thought Spurs should have won that game, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I did. It's very, like, obviously it was brilliant that Ronaldo scored, <laughs> like literally saved our asses. But um, I think the the bigger picture here is that the reality is if Ronaldo hadn't have played, mm. we would have been absolutely screwed 
Spurs would have smashed us. Um, and the, the big question still is people have taken the the heat off Ronaldo. Like, oh, you know, there was speculation that he shouldn't have been there. That, you know, he, he doesn't want to be there. He shouldn't have signed to, to go to Man United. But now the question is, he is 36, approaching 37. Um, and what are we going to do when he leaves? Because I don't think, I don't think personally, I don't think he'll be there next season. What are we going to do? Like, What has happened to our players? Rashford's gone way off the mark, hasn't he? Yeah, I wonder, Marcus Rashford, I wonder if it's just that kind of thing. He's been in and out of the team, wasn't he, under Ole? Yeah. Not really had a chance under Ranić. And with kind of the chopping and changing stuff, I just wonder if he's a little bit disillusioned with life yeah, there. Yeah, just maybe feels a bit dejected. And I think you can lose perspective a little bit. He's come through the academy. He's been with the club mm. since he's been so young. And maybe, um, like, for example, if Rashford went on loan to another club, he may like have a bit more of an appreciation for... Man United. I'm not saying he's not passionate for them. I just I think something's maybe going on behind the scenes with him, which is a bit more psychological as opposed to uh, like physically. He's he's on form, and I think there's just something with every. With, you can nitpick something with every player for Man United at the moment, and I do. We yeah. say this every week. It comes down to the management and the consistency and security of who's in charge and the level of authority. If you haven't got it from your captain, you don't have it from your more senior players. We're we're bringing in younger players, and unfortunately. That uh, that demonstrated um, the lack of experience on Tuesday night uh, mm. with younger players, where they're they're great at going forward, but actually potentially doing their own job on the pitch um, defensively is just not quite there. But it's classic I United, think... isn't it, Simon? Sorry, just to, like because yeah, lose to City in the derby, beat Spurs, and then get knocked out of the Champions League. It's just it's classic Man United this season. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think with with Rashford, it's an interesting one because like. I think if you're a top six, if you're a top six to eight club, Rashford is an excellent player. But United need to not be top six to eight. United need players who are going to basically win them the league. Mm. And at the moment, I don't think Rashford is that. I think if if you're looking at the squad in the summer, Rashford can obviously play like, the thing that's beneficial for him is that he's versatile. He can play through the middle, although when he's done that, it's never really worked. And he can play on off either side. But if you stick to him, if you stick him on either side, I think you look at the squad and say, "We're not going to buy." Uh, I sorry, I don't think you're going to look, look look at the squad and go, "We're not going to buy a winger because Rashford plays there." I think upgrades are available and probably necessary, which is sad because obviously his whole story at United has just been basically like a dream it's been every kid's dream mm. but i do i do have a feeling that he's gonna i do have a feeling that he's gonna go did you see gary neville kind of alluded to the fact that he is the the source of the leaks the other day really no, really yeah well he put you know the splash emoji um yeah. which people quite often use for Mass some sort of sexy time next yeah. to the uh <laughs> the aubergine joe uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it quite well yeah, means- um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well it's either that or leak uh yeah. yeah so either gary neville is just a big fan of rashford and wants to <laughs> him. Uh, <laughs> or he's yeah insinuating he's the leak um it was the it was a story that came out uh that he was like uh assessing his options for his future it was like the mm. day after the city game i think it was um and yeah like he didn't start and so the story came out that yeah, Rashford was considering leaving. And then Gary Neville uh, quote tweeted it with the, the splash emoji, um, which... But I imagine the day after... Are... 
you would you would put something like as a player and given like we've mentioned about him going through the academy and being at United all his life I'm not surprised the day after he wanted he probably did say do you know what I'm going to look at my options because everybody else in the team playing not to their usual standard there's no exceptions of that nobody's kind of standing out it's just a a bit of a plateau between all the players and the underperforming and Rashford probably feels quite vulnerable that he's doing the same thing but that's because the players around him aren't giving him anything so Mm. because he's got so much potential and we know how good he is that if he's low on confidence as a lot of the other players are in that's affecting how they're performing on the pitch they're probably all in this catch-22 situation aren't they where nobody's kind of stepping up to say right you and we said we joked last week where I said about Roy Keane for manager at Man United but imagine if you got like um like Gary Neville and and Roy Keane in and Scolzi and they were like listen like what are you doing like you do this you do this you do that stay in your position stop thinking you're arrogant enough that you can go in another position and don't expect everybody else to run for the ball you do your job everyone do your job and then we'll get results if it was that simple but I imagine that the day after the derby most players have probably thought you know what this club's not going in the right direction I am going to look at my options and I don't it wouldn't surprise me if Rashford probably did say that it's, it is a weird one with United because it's basically just a club in transition. Like you've got a manager yeah. who's not the manager. He's not going to be manager. Like you've got players who are just as much confused as the situation yeah. as as everyone else. Yeah. I mean, do you subscribe to the idea that Conte would have been a good, like what you've just described is basically Conte in a nutshell saying work together. These yeah. are your positions. You do this. Would you have wanted him at United? Um, I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. I, I would have... He would have been good to have gone to United looking back. But at the time, I didn't think he was the right person for for that role. And the timings didn't work out either. Um, And I think Man United took too long and they are taking too long to get a manager. So if you look at since, we go on about since Sir Alex left. But if you look at the managers we've had in place since then, none of them have those those um, assets where they are super, super organized and have that um, that authority, which is why they're going to have to pay big money and get a big manager in. And they're going to have mm. to let go of the reins a little bit and let that manager put their stamp on it. Because I feel that maybe as a club, they're sort of trying to control the emotion of the managers that they've had in there. And it's just never going to work from the get go. We need a manager to come in and say, right, this is how you are going to play. If you don't like it, off you go. Like for example, Pep with hit the rotation at Man City, they have so much rotation because if somebody and, and Liverpool to an extent with Klopp, if a player's not performing as in their position as the manager has asked them to, he just takes them off and mm. replaces them. And he's like, no, that you're not playing well enough, so they'll maybe miss the next game. And that's how it is. Whereas we don't, we don't have the options for that really. I think or a manager that had the authority to do that to that extent. Since Fergie, I think like they saw an opportunity to kind of because for 26 years, whatever it was, United had a benevolent dictator, essentially. So he was in charge of the entire club and he was bigger than the internal structure of the club. So it was transitioning into a corporate machine while he was there, but he was too powerful and too successful and too popular with the players and the fan base for um, kind of that to be the most important thing. Whereas they thought, okay, he's gone. So let's kind of dissipate and fracture his power and we'll have someone who coaches the team but ultimately answers to us and the corporate economical prerogatives of the football club basically meaning 
we are worth a lot of money and it's it is a corporate machine that is meant yeah. to spin cash yeah and that's the problem i think there's those kind of what united actually need now is a legacy manager who's going to be there for five yeah. ten years which is probably why conte would have been a bad shout because he again yeah. you definitely i've got no doubt in my mind you'd be a significantly better football team if antonio conte had come in after solskjaer yeah. because spurs while we're up and down we're a Sight better under Conte than we were under Nuno, <laughs> and we've got a much worse team than Manchester United. I wonder with though Hannah with Marcus Rashford if there's an issue of if he is the source of the dressing room leaks. We don't know, but he's a United fan, and he's inside a club that he's looking yeah. at and thinking inside a team, a dressing room. He's thinking this is being mismanaged. So and so's here for the money. So and so wants out. So and so's not good enough, and we should have never signed him. We don't yeah. know who the coach is going to be next year what what am i i'm a i'm a fan of this football club and i'm watching it being yeah. mismanaged so that yeah. would make me if i was playing for spurs like that might I, that may be responsible for a dip in form and also might explain why he might want to secretly talk to the press because like, i need to do something to fix yeah. this team because yeah. i care because he strikes me as a sort of person he's not there thinking i'm trying to engineer a move to get big money and go somewhere else i mean this is a guy who's trying to who gave children whose families couldn't afford it free school meals yeah. just off the back of his own hard work and kind of advocacy. So I, I don't know, like, do you, do you, like, is your sense that he'll be there next season? I, I think he'll be there next season. I think it would be quite a shock if Marcus Rashford left Man United. He's, he's an unbelievable player. I absolutely love Marcus Rashford. And that's why um, in our even in our WhatsApp chat and chats that I've got with other friends that watch football and Man United fans, everybody's saying, What's going on with Marcus Rashford? Mm. Because it's so out of character for him. Um, and yeah, I, uh, you're probably right, Joe. I mean, if he is the the leak, the leaker um, in the dressing room, <laughs> obviously that's totally wrong that that players do that. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised because he's passionate about the club and it makes sense. At first, I was thinking, is it some? Is do they? Do some of the players feel a bit pushed out because Ronaldo's here? Because you know they're you know a big fish at the club and then especially the sort of Jesse Lingard and things I was thinking oh what's the dynamics with Pogba what's that going to be like with Ronaldo going there and everybody copying supposedly Ronaldo didn't have a dessert on the first night and then nobody else had a dessert with, with their dinner and stuff like that they're all trying to follow suit and it's like oh actually he's such an amazing role model um, for the rest of the squad and you know given we've had a few issues with the squad um, outside of football I was thinking the way Ronaldo presents himself is amazing and then it, it kind of the dynamics have changed a little bit, I think. And mm. I think maybe there was a bit of jealousy, maybe not. But now I'm still back to the start where I'm not sure what's going on there. I, I, yeah, it's it's so weird. Didn't he, he f- to Portugal fairly recently, didn't he? Like when he, he wasn't fit and it was like, or supposedly he didn't make the squad for the City game. So just like f- went, off, went home. Yeah, but yeah. came back and sorted Spurs out. So I don't mind. <laughs> but But here's my thing with that, like, keep on harping on about Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier (laughs) has broken his metatarsal, right? And he's traveling with the team, like to away games and like being there and being on the bench and like just being a presence. And that's what, that's what a leader is. Yeah. That's a leader like who doesn't have to play football, can spend time with his family, is going, traveling on the same bus. He can barely walk He's got a boot with him and he's he's going into the dressing room and being like, lads, that was great. Like a defense you're looking like, do, do you know what I mean? That's what a leader yeah. does. I'm not sure 
not having a dessert is, is quite in the same. It's quite in the same. Joe, you need to ask me a question because you've looked confused since I said something. <laughs> I'm not real? sure what it is. So hang on. So. <laughs> They serve they serve dessert to the United players. It's 2022. Yeah. For what, what? It's just like, oh, do you want an apple crumble, Jaden? Like, surely there's no dessert. Yeah. Why is there dessert available anyway that's not, surely just, just fruit? This is this is what I read. So, What's a jam again, roly-poly? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, rhubarb crumble, apple crumble. Well, this is what I read, okay? And like dollops the, on the a plate. Point, the point of it was the fact that all the rest of the players did what Ronaldo did because he's obviously an Adonis. Um, I, oh, I understand that. What I don't understand is why there's dessert on the menu in the first place. They're professional you know, players. Well, if I was the new manager coming in straight away, I'd be like, well... Get rid of the custard and the ice yeah. cream bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why is there a sweet <laughs> car at Lowry? Yeah. No wonder Harry Maguire doesn't know what like what side of his head is. He's high on E numbers. Um, uh, Arsenal uh, lost to Liverpool midweek. Liverpool now one point behind Man City. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mohamed Salah and Andrew Robertson have all made more than 10 assists in the Premier League this season. Um, they're going to win the league, aren't they, Simon? I, yeah, I I think they are, which will honestly be one of the the biggest and best title resurges I think you'll you'll yeah. ever see. Wasn't it a Christmas here, like twelve points behind, and everyone was like, "Nah, City won't drop those, that many points." And to be fair, didn't look like they were going to drop that many points. But it's just astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing. Um, and I think what Hannah said earlier about like the rotation, I think Diaz coming in has actually been such a good bit of business because. They've basically just plonked him into the starting eleven, and he looks like he's been there for about five years. He's quality like, player. Yeah, I don't see him as like a. I don't see him as a new signing. I see him as like just someone who has been there and thereabouts for the last five or six years. And having players like Diaz, like they they didn't start Salah against like Arsenal. Like that's that's just insane. There's no need. No need <laughs> There's no need. Um, and I think, yeah, they've everything about Liverpool is just like the, you could not have a more like stark comparison. We've just spoken about United. You've got a, a team and a club in transition, all singing off completely different hymn sheets, and you've got Liverpool, where from top to bottom it is run impeccably um and i think you're seeing yeah you're seeing the the difference on the pitch like liverpool just look like a a complete machine at the moment they've won nine premier league games in a row um it's absolutely mental uh right simon let's get let's get on to the tune um oh my god we we don't have the same water bottle sorry i got excited (laughs) stand down everybody (laughs) oh you and hannah do though that was was nearly a viral clip you got a love island one I don't have a Love Island one. I've no. just got a random one. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> got my name on it. And <laughs> um, so, what have you made of Eddie Howe's revolution? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I I love Eddie Howe almost as much as I love your impression of him. Eddie oh, Howe, Geordie, sorry, <laughs> Eddie Howe. <laughs> I, I love Eddie Howe. I the more I think about it, the more pleased I am we didn't go for Unai Emery, which is a bizarre thing to say, Ooh, considering... Nah, Emery. Ooh, nah, a little bit more. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been great. <laughs> Maybe I do regret it slightly. Um, yeah. I, when we approached Unai Emery, I think we were 19th, and I was like, at the time I was like, this is honestly the perfect appointment. Mm. Um, and obviously that kind of went to um, through people leaking it to the press. And I think Emery was a bit like, 
oh no maybe I, maybe I don't want to go actually yeah. um this is all kind of come out of the blue and obviously we ended up getting in Eddie Howe now people can say what they like want to say about our the fact we invested in January we did invest in January the reason why we invested that much money in January January is because uh Mike Ashley I think had like a, it was like a, a net spend of about six million pounds every year mm. he was in charge of Newcastle United which means we basically got about 14 years worth of financial fair play <laughs> to uh to play with um and so obviously we did invest in January but if you look at the players who are like making up the core of the team it's only really Dan Byrne at the moment and Chris Wood who are newbies. Like Trippier would be in there, but he's injured. Gimares can't get in a midfield over John Joe Shelby, Joe Linton and Joe Willock, which is bizarre, mm. but it's wonderful. Um, and this has all been, the turnaround in form has been a combination of us being able to strengthen and buy good players in January um, to improve competition and also just Eddie Howe's meticulous training. Like if you listen to the the players, like players like Ryan Fraser, he actively comes out at the end of matches and says, don't want to be disrespectful, but yeah, the last couple of years have been <laughs> and uh, I don't want to point any fingers, but the managers change an awful lot. And like, I think Eddie Howe, he, like he calls himself a work obsessed, like workaholic. And I think that's rubbing off on the players. Um, the players absolutely love him. The fans absolutely love him. And anyone who can manage to turn Joe Linton into a, <laughs> quite frankly, one of the best box-to-box midfielders in Europe is he deserves a huge amount of credit for. And, and like Newcastle fans just absolutely love him because we've had two and a half years of Steve Bruce trotting out the same bizarre cliches. We will not <laughs> We will not hear a word against Steve Bruce in this podcast. You f- well, here it comes. Uh, <laughs> the order, the order of friends of the show goes: Sean Dyche, <laughs> then Steve Bruce. Those, yeah, <laughs> right now, uh, yeah, he hasn't managed your football club, though, has he? Like, I'm not being that lucky. <laughs> At the end of every game, Eddie Howe comes out and he assesses it, like to to multiple multiple like press rooms just sort of assesses things really cleverly really articulately and at the other end you had steve free basically go well you know we uh we, we'll need to dust ourselves down and um we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go again we'll uh we'll roll with sleeves up we we won't as i always say we we weren't good enough and it's like oh steve man like someone's asking oh my you, god like, keep what? talking like steve <laughs> all i was thinking then is oh, i'll miss him <laughs> I, know, like, I was like, oh my God, he does talk like that, doesn't he? He's so cute. Do you know what? If he was a vicar, I'd absolutely love him, but he's just a terrible Premier League football manager. I'm sure he's you a lovely, hold lovely on, guy. Hold on, you can't say he's terrible. You can't <laughs> say that I've word. I've got proof. <laughs> you can't um, say terrible. You weren't relegated with him. <laughs> no, but it was close. Like, good Lord. It's, I, I think it's a miracle that we weren't relegated th- under him and Rafa, to be perfectly honest. But... Mm. Like I think it was it was a terrible appointment um, because he always bangs on about him being a Geordie and yet he's never once like done anything that would remotely like adhere himself to the, the Newcastle fans. I, it was a terrible appointment anyway. We're pleased we got Eddie Howe in. Um, I don't mm. like the fact that people keep on like I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I've just done it. Uh, but, like keep on harping back to Steve Bruce, but I think the reason why we're doing that is because there is just such. It's, it's literally been like a cultural reset, like uh, and money just... and money because the money came in when Steve was sort of chucked out. 
Yeah, yeah. Like the the whole feel good factor about the club in general is just wonderful. Like I'm I'm thirty, and so <laughs> Hannah is but, to, Hannah's Hannah's like the president of the Steve Bruce fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, but so, so here's one question then, right? So yeah, I know yeah. what you're going to say to this, but if Eddie Howe wasn't appointed and Steve yeah. Bruce stayed in place, uh, stayed as manager, and the money came in and they didn't sack him, do you think there would be a huge difference? Yeah. Is it is it Eddie Howe or is it, it is the money Eddie and Howe. the new signings? Is I, I think it's a bit of it's a bit of both, but I would say it's probably maybe 70-30 Eddie Howe because if you look at the team, right. like the majority of that team were the same players being coached under Steve Bruce. And like what Eddie Howe has done, he's got them fitter. Like if you look at, if you, I don't know if you guys watch Newcastle games, but the football's like, certainly a lot better. Oh yeah. my God. We're front foot. We're well drilled. We're, we've got a tactical plan. Like when, when um, Brentford went down to 10 men, I think it was like 12 minutes in, uh, Ryan Fraser came out at the end of the game and just said like, Eddie's been like telling us that if a team goes down to like 10 men, the first thing we need to do is just get it wide. And our first goal came from us getting wide and it's just little things like that when you just think like he, Steve well, would have really... said that as well <laughs> Why did you... well, well you know we've uh we've had a man we've had a man set off and we've we've tried to get it get it wide and you know just need to dust ourselves down <laughs> everything he said we finished with dust ourselves down um but no I do think it's a it's a combination of both but I do think Eddie the way he's transformed it and it, it's just it's just amazing. So with um, the new signings, you would have stayed up as you are now with Steve. But I, uh, I take, can I just say, I take some point. I'd rather have Howe manage my football club. Oh, I totally agree. I'm I just saying it to wind you up. I'd rather all. have Steve Bruce be my, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have Steve Bruce be my friendly neighbourhood postman. <laughs> that is a that is the job for him. That is the job if, for him. If he oh, knocks on the door. Such, he's a good football manager. He's a good, he's a good man. He's a he's a kind man. <laughs> I think we just all think he's sweet and sort of want him to live in our in the shed at the bottom of the garden. I think, no, we, we we just yeah. Joe wants him to be in, in a shed at the bottom of Joe's garden. I, you'd love to go for a dog walk with him. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. Lovely. But, if you're having a bad like, day. Yeah. Oh, Steve, do you fancy a walk? <laughs> like he's the dog. Yeah. Uh, I'd, want him, <laughs> I'd want him managing Woggies. my the football team that my kids go to. Definitely. I'd be like, Steve yeah. Bruce, Steve Bruce, the manager. Yeah, that's not the Premier League, though, is it? Yeah, I know. Some <laughs> <laughs> <Sun> five. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, I do get it. Like, uh, a, a lot of people in football were like disappointed that Steve Bruce was uh, was sacked. But yeah, I think if you look at the run we've been on and the the yeah. way we've played, it was you obviously can't deny your stats. Yeah, you what third for your form? Is that what you said yeah. earlier? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also just like the the whole. The whole mood around the club has changed. Like I'm 30 and Mike Ashley owned the club for 14 years. So almost half my life, yeah. Mike Ashley, I've I've been watching Mike Ashley's Newcastle. You have no idea what that does to a man. <laughs> I feel like I've been to Vietnam. <laughs> I feel like you don't know, man. Yeah. You haven't been to St. James's. And, it's um, hard. And if we if we do have any uh, Vietnam veterans listening, it, well, it oh, was the same. True. It was the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot we were recording a podcast there. I do apologize. Uh, no, Simon, right, finally, uh, we're yeah. moving on to any other business. Uh, there was a good thing on uh, Soccer Saturday this week where Jeff Stelling, after an interview with uh, Gareth Ainsworth, uh, Gareth Ainsworth obviously kind of quite rocky and had like his... He's sh- cool, isn't he? He's cool. He's bit, <laughs> looks like he sort of would be the lead singer of a pub band. Um, he had like his shirt open during the interview and whatever, and it cut back to Jeff Stelling, had his shirt open and was just like, ah, oh. like, 
some of you, some of you just out of the bottle, yeah, to really show the world what you got. I really liked it, right? But I wanted to know, Simon, if you if you ever had any wardrobe 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 malfunctions <laughs> on camera, or is there anything you regret wearing? Ah, oh, I've only got about five different sets of clothes. So, I mean, how many times do you see me wear this? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably some of the haircuts I've. I've uh, had in the past i mean it's not looking particularly trimmed right now you look a bit so, like um, yeah. you you were saying to me owen quig <laughs> yeah from x factor like <laughs> 10 years that's what you said to me yeah i used to get that a lot at college um yeah if you don't know who he is check him out it's a good luck spelling his name can i just say like like 40 percent of our listeners are in the us that is surely <laughs> surely they have stopped the pod now yeah who else were we saying oh yeah you i i don't know if you brought this up with hannah but uh hannah did you used to watch eastenders yeah she loves it <laughs> well because hannah looks exactly like shirley oh, f- <laughs> when they were like you That's look like harsh. yeah it's just so horrible and you're a nasty man joe forrester yeah. nasty oh hannah we mean to well, ask you how's heather <laughs> Do you remember that bizarre story though where Heather randomly got pregnant? Oh my god, yeah. Someone inserted really... her. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, if Joe ever comes back to you with Shirley, what you need to get back to him is Do you remember little Mo from his senders? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember her abusive husband, Trevor? <laughs> hey Trevor. Hey, yeah. I I sent a picture to Joe. I was like, oh my God, you really look was like Was that him. you that sent it? Oh my yes. God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It, we need a, a photo comparison to be popped up here and get this into a reel because that is that is you, Joe. <laughs> I, can, I, yep. can, I can certainly make that happen. Um, cheers for that. He was really scary at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, hey. didn't he? Did he not like beat her up or something? Ooh. I remember not being able to sleep one night because he had a white suit on and then I think he, he punched a woman <laughs> and I couldn't, I was so concerned about it because in my head I thought it was real, like home and away and neighbours, they were real. My yeah. dad used to say to me every tea time when he was cooking teas at Hannah, go in into the living room with your brother and watch home and away because Bobby's head's going to come off on this episode and we'd be like, oh, really? No one you think turned now out is, like this. What I think now is my dad just wanted to probably <laughs> my mum in the kitchen and sent us to go and watch Home Away Neighbours, maybe. I don't know. So, you, but so me and my brother be like... Oh, that's great parenting to me. Yeah. But also, when Trevor was on EastEnders, you were comfortably old enough to know that you were an adult. You were, no, I wasn't. You were, you, no, I was you were a teenager. Young. I was like 12. Yeah, so what? And you still thought it was a documentary? No, I wasn't sure if it was real because, because you think these things that these programs are real. Like I've thought that Woolpack was a real a real thing. I didn't realize. Yeah, that I'm with you there. Doesn't actually serve beer. Like, well, so sorry, you two thought soaps were documentaries. <laughs> no, but do you know, like, yeah, like Albert Square. You you want to go to you want to go find Albert Square, and then when you realize it's a set, when you're like 25. Yeah. But that's yeah, exactly. kind of thinking Trevor from EastEnders is going to come and find her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, reminisce after that, reminisce about very niche uh, UK soap characters. Um, Abusive husbands. <laughs> awful, awful. Um, it's quite good looking though, Trevor. I like that aspect of him. I don't like the other aspects of his character. Uh, there's, there's certainly a steeliness towards him. Hey. Like, there's, hey, hey, more, more, hey. more. 
Right, but I think on that note, it's probably quite a good place to leave it. Uh, remember, right, you Trevor. can uh, follow. It's a good place to leave it. I like follow us on Lordship Pod on Instagram. Uh, well, I lost him a bit then. Uh, Rosa, can you on. get him on? Can he be your next guest? What, we're also trying to get Marcello Bielsa's translator on. So, oh, perfect. So desperately, yeah. Um, Can you imagine? Right, so it is Rosehead Pod or Rosehead Soccer across all social media. Make sure you uh, do keep your eyes and ears peeled because on the 31st of uh, March, we will find out what happened in the Sports Podcast Awards. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who voted for us. Also, if you like the podcast, please do rate and review us because uh, word on the street is that helps with the algorithm. Um, right, thank you very much, Simon Harkness. Honestly, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for having me on. I really hope yeah, we get, I can do this on. again. And if people You're want to follow nice you... are a very nice human. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. of Simon. Um, <laughs> and if people want to follow you, it's obviously Simon Harkness TV, is it not? Yeah, at Simon Harkness TV on Twitter and just at Simon Harkness on Instagram. Um, but... I don't put any value towards having followers. So if you've enjoyed this, thank you. Don't worry about following me. <laughs> Good. So someone might have followed you. Oh, I was going to follow Simon. Can you, and maybe... can you imagine this? Oh, what's his name? Yeah, found him, followed him. Yes, that, unfollow. <laughs> Literally. I'll bring no value to your life, yeah. Um, thank you, Hannah. Thanks. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.